welcome to the Catholic Connect podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves. And then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Well, we're so happy that you decided to join us on another beautiful day that the Lord has made. Well, today we're going to talk about one of the great and beautiful mysteries of the Catholic Church, and that is the traditional belief that each and every one of us has a guardian angel assigned to light our path and to guard us on our journey to heaven. Now, angel, the word, comes from the Greek word angelos, which means messenger. And also, the belief in angels is a dogma of the Catholic faith. That's a short way of saying you cannot be a Catholic if you don't believe in the existence of angels. It's a very important dogma, and we're going to find out a little bit more about angels here as we go along. Now, this is only a snapshot. This is an introduction. The subject of angels is massive. So we're just here to talk a little bit about, especially guardian angels, and just to give you an introduction of what they do and what the importance is for them in the church. Now, keep in mind, the Catholic understanding of angels is is that there is a hierarchy of angels. In fact, there are nine choirs of angels, and guardian angels are actually the lowest level. Uh, That no no way means that uh, is meant to downplay the vital role of guardian angels that they have for us. Because even guardian angels are more powerful than the highest level of the diabolical. But there's one passage in the Catechism of the Catholic Church that specifically talks about guardian angels, and it's a very good one paragraph 336 from infancy to death human life is surrounded by their watchful care and intercession beside each believer stands an angel as protector and shepherd leading him to life already here on earth the christian life shares by faith in the blessed company of angels and men united to god again that's from the catechism of the catholic church paragraph 336 so what does uh, the bible say about angels The first reference of an angel acting as a guardian is actually in the book of Exodus in chapter 14. And uh, here's what it says, verse 19. Then the angel of God who went before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness. And the night passed without one coming near the other all night. So this is a reference to the Israelites escaping Egypt and God sending this angel to protect them from the uh, the Egyptians who were pursuing them to bring them back to Egypt. So that's sort of the first reference that we see in scripture. That's back in the Old Testament as an angel acting as a guardian for an entire people. In Hebrews 1 chapter chapter 1 verse 14 It says, are they, referencing angels, not all ministering spirits sent forth to service for the sake of those who are to obtain salvation? What they mean by they is, of course, that's the, they're doing this service for the sake of us, the baptized. So there's another piece of scripture that really references angels as a messenger, but also a guide for us along our route to eternal salvation. 
Now, the church also teaches that the angels always behold the face of God. How beautiful is that? Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, Jesus says in reference to young children, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. So let's take special note of this passage because our guardian angel sees everything that we do. Yes, indeed, all the acts of faith, prayer, and good works he presents to God on our behalf, but he also sees us stumble and sin. So we must be mindful of our angel's presence at all times, and we'll get to some of the prayers of the church to help us out in our way of holiness later on in the show. Now let's reference a couple more verses. Uh, Let's go to Psalm 34, verse 7. It says, The angels of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and deliver them. Psalm chapter 91, verse 10 through 13. No evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent, for he will give you his angels, charge of you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on thereon and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Now, I wanted to note with this passage that Satan referenced that when tempting Jesus, if you... Uh, recall in the New Testament. Also note that passage has angels comfort, coming to comfort Jesus after the 40 days in the desert had passed as well. Now the question some people ask is, well, do angels have names? Well, we see that angels are lifelong companions, but there are some out there that just really want to know more about their angel, and that's a good thing, but they also want to attempt to discover their angel's name. And here's why that might not be such a good idea. Now, back in the Old Testament, Jacob wrestled an angel in Genesis 32. When Jacob asked the angel's name, the angel replied, Why is it you ask my name? Then the angel blessed Jacob. So right there you see there is a difference in the hierarchy of God's creation. Additional biblical evidence of this is in Judges chapter 13. Uh, Interesting too that the birth of Samson was announced by an angel of the Lord, while Israel was under the rule of the Philistines. And uh, the father of Samson, his name was Manoah, asked the angel what his name was. And the angel replied to him, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. So it's pretty clear through that response that the angel wanted Manoah to know that that information, knowing his name, the angel's name was none of his business. An example of the way the understanding goes is that humans have the authority to name an animal, for example, you know, your pet cat or your dog. But because angels are preternatural preternatural, humans really don't have the authority to be naming an angel. Another passage from Catechism of the Catholic Church 330. As purely spiritual creatures, angels have intelligence and will. They are personal and immortal creatures, surpassing in perfection all visible creatures, as the splendor of their glory bears witness. So if God wills you to know the name of your angel, it'll be revealed to you in heaven. Another important thing we need to be wary of is the voices from the kingdom of darkness. And we've talked about that. There's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of the evil one, which is the kingdom of darkness. Curiosity in the spiritual realm and the desire for information that really doesn't help us in our faith journey on earth can be spiritually perilous. The devil is always looking for ways to deceive and confuse us. Be watchful and stay focused on the will of God. Through Revelation of Scripture, we know the names of three of the seven archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. 
but it's important to note that these archangels revealed their names on their own terms and as God allowed, not through being requested by human beings. Now, even as human beings, we have a hierarchy of authority. We know priests can lay their hands on our heads and give a blessing and administer the sacraments to the faithful, whereas it would be most inappropriate if we as lay people laid our hands in blessing upon a priest. However, parents have the authority, and I would say the responsibility to bless their children, particularly men. Fellas, you need to get into the habit of having holy water around your house and blessing your wife and kids. You are the spiritual leader of the house, and God gave you that office, first through your baptism, and then through the sacrament of marriage as the head of the family. The power of a father's blessing protects your family against evil and will bring peace to your house. And wives, hey, encourage your husbands to do this. Sometimes they just need a little kick in the pants and your support. My wife is always so encouraging to me. It keeps me accountable for my spiritual duties in our home. So what do angels look like? I think there's a perception through entertainment and our pop culture at large that angels are somehow like us. They're like humans. We've seen the TV and movie shows that portray angels, uh, both good and bad, as appearing as human beings with a spiritual life that is up and down like a roller coaster. Important to note that angels will not come down in the flesh to be a doctor at an operating room, to to be a criminal defense lawyer, fight crime, be a, a guru, or even run a casino. These are all distractions that reduce angels to something that they are not. Similarly, we need to get past the image of angels looking like chubby little babies. They are massive, ominous, and fearsome warriors. If we look at scripture, every time an angel appeared and revealed themselves as they are to a human, the first thing that happens is the person hits the ground prostrate in fear, and the angel needs to say, do not be afraid. One of the few times that didn't happen is at the Annunciation when Gabriel visited the Blessed Virgin Mary. The other thing we need to avoid is referring to angels as deceased loved ones coming back to watch over us. Or even that once we die, we become angels. And that's simply not true, and it's actually not charitable at all. While we can hope that our deceased loved ones are in heaven and are praying for us before the throne of God, they do not turn into angels when they die. And when someone dies, we need to be praying for their souls. In prayer, we can hope that they lived a holy life and went to heaven. But as Catholic tradition teaches us, that we need to assume all souls go to purgatory. The most uncharitable thing that we can do for our loved ones is to stop praying and offering masses and sacrifices to alleviate their suffering in purgatory. Now I know purgatory is a big topic here, and maybe we'll have to tackle that during another episode. But the message that we want to convey is to Don't believe the soul turns into an angel. Pray for the souls of your deceased loved ones. That's part of our legacy of faith. Angels also act as our guides to heaven and protect us from the diabolical. As Catholics, we cannot deny the existence of Satan and the reality of hell for those who reject the grace and mercy of God. Now, Jesus mentioned specifically in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, he saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Move on to the book of the Apocalypse or Revelation 12, verse 7. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they were defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, 
the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. St. John Bosco brings up something real interesting here, and it's, it's important to note this quote. He says, When tempted, invoke your angel. He is more eager to help you than you are to be helped. Ignore the devil and do not be afraid of him. He trembles and flees at the sight of your guardian angel. There's a great devotion of the church that was implemented by Pope Pius VI back in 1795. And I wanted to share that with you before we wrap up this episode. It's a way to invoke your guardian angel's protection in the morning and throughout the day. Offer seven glory bees to your guardian angel for guidance in the morning and also seven glory bees to the Holy Spirit for enlightenment. And then add the guardian angel prayer. It's an ancient prayer and it's a beautiful prayer. It's very short. It goes like this. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here. Ever this day be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Say it several times a day and it's uh, what they call these little brief prayers also like Jesus I trust in you or Jesus I love you. These little prayers throughout the day make such a big difference in our spiritual life. So say it anytime you feel, especially when you feel tempted or you might be entering into an occasion of sin. And uh, hey, memorize it. It's not a very long prayer at all. My mom and dad taught me this prayer before I could even remember. Actually, I was probably only two or three years old. And I look back now and, and I realize how beautiful that was that my parents taught me that at such a young age. And this is a devotion that my wife and I have passed along to our children. And they've been saying it since they were two or three as well. So that's part of our legacy of faith is to pass along our faith. And part of that is passing along prayers for our children to memorize and grow in their faith as well. It's also a very good practice for us to ask the assistance of our angels before we go to confession so that they'll help us to open up our souls and consciences to help make a good and contrite confession. And at the end of the day, that is the most important thing. We should never be in a state of mortal sin. We'll ask your guardian angels to help you along with the other saints. Now, October 2nd is the feast day of the guardian angels, and they are our fierce and holy companions for this journey of life. It's been said by Catholics involved with spiritual warfare that angels go where they are invited and demons go where they are not resisted. I'll say that one more time. Angels go where they are invited and demons go where they are not resisted. So let's make that choice every day to invoke the protection of our guardian angels and invite them to be our guides on our journey to eternal life. And during these challenging times, I want to leave you with one last quote from St. John Vianney. He says, How happy is that guardian angel who accompanies a soul to Holy Mass. So let's not forget that it's so important for us to go to Mass, especially during challenging times that we're in right now in this world, but to be nourished by the Eucharist, but to be nourished by being in the presence of God and going to confession regularly. That is going to be the key to holiness and giving us a happy life, even on this earth. So I pray that uh, you had uh, uh, learned a little bit from this podcast about angels. Again, it's such a massive topic that uh, we'll definitely have to tackle it another time. And I definitely want to talk about archangels as well. Um, They're such a special part of our Christian life and our journey towards heaven. So thanks again for listening. And remember, Catholics, confession three times a year. Every Advent, every Lent, and any time you're in the state of mortal sin, don't even spend a second of your life there. Thank you for listening. God bless you, and we'll talk to you very soon.